Hey everyone, how's it going? This is episode 11 of the Uncivilized Podcast. I'm Brady, artist here, and we also have a special guest. I'll let him introduce himself. Hello mate, uh, my name is Jake Hanrahan. I'm an independent journalist and documentary filmmaker. Awesome. Yeah, so you all fucking know Jake. We don't have to sit here and suck his dick. You all know popular Instagram. You should go follow him if you don't. Uh, watch his <laughs> shit on YouTube. We love it. But yeah, we were just kind of... Yeah, no worries. We were just planning on having kind of a chill conversation. We're all stuck inside with the fucking plague of 2020. So just going to bullshit around and see what happens. Uh, I think Art had some questions to start out right away. Yeah, there's so there's, you know, one thing that's always kind of interested me is, and I feel like I remember watching some of your Instagram polls get this, that, you know, people are always like, how do you get into, or what is your advice to get into conflict journalism? And your advice mm. is, I loved it. It was just, don't. Yeah. <laughs> don't do it. So I'm wondering... You know, given that advice, how did you get into it and why did you get into it? Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I do feel bad about saying that sometimes, but it is probably the best advice I think I can give. Like I say, like, it doesn't pay well enough. You know, no one really cares about what you're doing and it's very dangerous and you could die. You know what I mean? So it's really, <laughs> you know what I mean? I love it. Like, I do love it, but it's very... It's not for, look, I tell people don't do it. And if they do still do it, then it's like, I get it. You really wanted to do it. That's fine. Like probably that's, they're the ones that are going to make it. But my advice is honestly, like I get people saying, well, I'm thinking about going into conflict journalism. And it's like, nah, man, this is the kind of job that you have to really go all the way. I think, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, absolutely. Like I know, I remember growing up, like being in the, uh, like, early, early high school. I'm from a really small town in the Midwest that was fucking destroyed by all the various economic crashes, methamphetamine, heroin. I remember mm. just sitting in class watching, like back when uh, Vice was really popular, seeing you on there and, and never seeing the world. It was one of those things where I was like, damn, I think I want to be a fucking conflict journalist. Get me the fuck out of here. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it definitely, for me, it, it like helped me see the world. Like I think before I started working at Vice, I'd only been out of the country like four times. And that was like on shit holidays to like Spain, you know what I mean, as a kid. So yeah. it, it was great for me, you know, I travel all over Middle East and Eastern Europe and, and everything. So it was great. But for me getting into it, um, I taught myself. So I didn't do uni. or anything. I left school when I was 15, was I? No, 16, I left school. Uh, and I, I, you know, I went to a shit school. Like I didn't get any qualifications. I just fucked around. And so <laughs> I left school with nothing, man. And like, you know, I was working at a boxing gym. And then, you know, I had all these jobs. I was working as a laborer on a building site. You know, like, they call it low-skilled here. I hate that term. It's not low-skilled work. It's just work where you don't need a fucking piece of paper or whatever. It's not really a career. You know what I mean? So yeah. I was doing all of that, like, warehouse jobs and blah, blah. But, like, I knew I wanted to... I was always good at English. You know what I mean? And I always read a lot. So I was like, I want to do something. And, you know, and I was good at writing. I mean... I don't write that much these days because of the docs and the podcast, but that is my main thing, like writing, you know? So I did that. And then I was, well, I, I said I did that. I was basically, while I had all these shitty jobs, I was like freelancing, you know what I mean? I was pitching articles to newspapers mm -hmm. and long story short, eventually I started to get picked up and people saw my work. And then, you know, I did, I got a little bit of a buzz like around myself and then Vice News like happened basically. So it was always Vice, and I was writing stuff for Vice, you know, conflict kind of stuff anyway. Um, but, you know, just from, from afar, obviously, you know, like analyzing what's happening or interesting stories no one knew about. 
So then I seen Vice News. I was like, that's a bit of me. Like, I need to fucking be there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I ended up just, you know, through the people I was writing for at Vice, I got hold of the email for the, the new guy, like the head of Vice News, who was starting it in the UK, Kevin Sutcliffe. And he was amazing. And basically, I just emailed him was like, look, here's my work, uh, like my written work, but I want to come and work for you. I'll do fucking anything, research or whatever. And then eventually, you know, I came in and he, he met me. And after like, I don't know, I felt like it was going to go nowhere. And I remember I was on a building site and I got this fucking call. And he was like, are you going to work for us then or what? <laughs> and I was like, what? Like, <laughs> you going to give me some work? And I'm like, yeah, come on then. So I just quit and was like, fuck it, I'm off. And that was basically how it all happened, man. Like, after I started at Vice News, like within a month, I went, I was making my first doc, which was crazy to me. You know what I mean? So off the back of that, luckily, people quite liked my work and I guess liked watching me do my shit, whatever. And then, you know, I got more opportunities and, and that was that, man. Yeah, I mean, like, like I was saying earlier, like those are probably the ones that stuck out for me the most like watching all your conflict shit in Greece and, and all over the place. I was like, damn, this guy is, this guy is fucking getting in it. He's not, he's not doing some fucking documentary about like, uh, like fucking crackheads in Chicago. Like this dude's in, in the middle of a fucking riot in Greece right now. Like what the hell is happening? Yeah. I was, I was quite reckless as a kid. Like I was like, <laughs> what fucking 24 when I started at voice, um, 24, 23, yeah, 24, just turned 24 when I started at voice news. And I was fucking, I don't know, man. I, I mean, to be honest, like, I look back now and I'm like, I don't know how you didn't die, man. Like, I was, I was too reckless, to be honest. You know what I mean? Um, for me, it was just like, this is a big chance. I've got to do everything. You know what I mean? And uh, I don't know. Just, I was like, got to get to the front. Got to get close to the action, blah, blah, blah. Now I'm, like, definitely a lot more um, relaxed and calm. And I don't. You know, there's risks that I took back then that I certainly wouldn't take now. You know what I mean? I'm I'm 30 now and I'm like, fuck that. Like, I'm not doing this or not going there. But back in the day, I was like, send me anywhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was going to ask you, like, what was your what was your craziest experience in, in, in your travels? But I'm pretty sure I already know the answer to that. So I'll just ask, I'll just ask this. What the fuck was Turkish prison like? <laughs> yeah yeah that was definitely the weirdest thing man um i mean it was pretty like medieval <laughs> in some respects you know what i mean what a shock dude what a shock yeah but it but in others like you know it wasn't it wasn't as bad as you would think you know what i mean it's if people were like midnight express i was like it's not quite midnight express man you know what i mean it really wasn't but it was pretty fucking terrifying you know what i mean i, I remember hearing you talk about this and Somewhere I don't I don't know it was a long time ago, but did you ever meet some some crazy fucks side of Turkish prison like some some fucking jihadists or anything yeah, like that yeah, or did yeah. they have you pretty separate? No, no. So we were in four different jails, four different prisons. So we we got moved around all the time um, because you know one I caught you know we're in anti-terror. So like anyone that doesn't know like just just I just want to put this out there. I'm not a terrorist, <laughs> but um, we were filming with PKK militants and you know we're making a documentary because there was an uprising or whatever you want to call it was going on there and obviously we got arrested and they they charged us with terrorism but you know I was like man I'm just making a film like what the fuck like (laughs) but you know how it is um yeah yeah so I mean yeah we was in like towards the end uh, like initially it was all like uh like solitary you know because we're like terror suspects so you have to be in solitary Mm -hmm. but in Adana prison that was a prison for ISIS fighters so they charged us with being members of 
ISIS and the PKK, which I was like, what? Like, I mean, we're members of neither, and if we were, that wouldn't even make sense. They're fighting each other, you know what I mean? But, like, you know, it's fucking crazy, man. And, and then we ended up, like, in an ISIS prison. So then when we got deported, we were in a deportation prison, right? It's like a holding prison while you wait for the stuff to go through. And that's when you're in main flow, so that you're with everybody. You're not in isolation. And that was fucking nuts, man. There was all these Chechen jihadis because they were getting deported as well because they'd been caught coming across the border from Syria to Turkey to get their wounds sewed up or whatever, or they needed mm -hmm. a couple of days off or they needed to collect something. So they'd been caught on the border and Turkey obviously was like, right, we're sending them back. So we was in jail, man, with all these like Chechen jihadis, like ISIS fighters. There was some Al-Qaeda guys. And then there was all these like refugees, like fucking Afghan refugees who were just trying to get out of wherever, trying to get to Europe, man. So these Afghans, we were like really, they were really nice and like we hanged out with them um, and they kind of protected us. Uh, and also there was FSA fighters, like original FSA, you know, like the actual rebels. Mm -hmm. Everybody calls mm -hmm. the jihadis rebels now, like al-Nusra, like, no, they're not fucking rebels, they're jihadis. <laughs> but the, the like secular rebels were in the jail with us. There was about 20 of them. And one night, like these ISIS guys like wanted to fucking kill us. And like they tried to get in our room, like, and then luckily we were like in with all these FSA guys, like smoking and drinking coffee and they were just protected us basically and were like we're fucking we're the rebels like you came to our country and like tried to kill everybody like and now you're here trying to kill this guy like no like it was so sick man they were so good to us you know what i mean but yeah the whole thing was mad mate only until i got out that i really realized like we got very lucky there you know what i mean like these guys wanted to, um so, so one of the afghan lads that we were friendly with he, he spoke perfect english he was an interpreter um and then he you know made his way to europe obviously he'd been abandoned by which other western state had used him um mm -hmm. and he had perfect english like absolutely perfect english and anyway i managed to like smuggle my skype name to him before we left and he rang me when he got out and like he was like oh i'm sorry man i didn't tell you because i didn't want to scare you but all those guys were like plotting to cut your head off in the shower <laughs> I was like, wow, <laughs> thanks. And like, they made us a knife when we were in there. They made a knife out of a teaspoon. They sharpened the handle and they glued the like the teaspoon bit into a lighter and they wrapped it all up. It was actually really good, like little prison shank. And they kept that in our room with us. Like we slept in the room with the Afghans and they were like, like yeah, like we need to protect you guys. And now I realize why. <laughs> I was like, fuck, oh, man. Like, shit. Yeah, boy, it was such a crazy experience, man. But Honestly, it was, like, almost good for me. You know what I mean? I feel like it was good, like, reckoning for me to realize, like, wow, like, you're not indestructible. You can die. You can get captured. Uh, and, you know, and I was in jail with, like, my two best friends even before this happened. You know what I mean? Like, we were very close. So it could have been a hell of a lot worse. Yeah, I totally get that. And I think, I guess maybe for, for me and Art, it's a little bit harder to understand that sort of grounding because we're both both young like i'm i'm 21 art is yeah art is uh 20 so i think we're both still at that kind of stage where we're like uh redacted we want to go do redacted because fuck it like why not like we're we're young nothing can happen to us so yeah that, that definitely makes sense that you kind of that you kind of had that moment out of all that but yeah. holy shit man you're sitting in prison i don't ever plan on seeing myself in a turkish prison but if if i were to be in a <laughs> turkish prison and I start seeing white dudes with ginger beards. I'm fucking, I'm running Boy, away. Mate, I was fucking <laughs> like, there was the weirdest thing, there was one guy, he had open bullet wounds in his arm. Um, and like, there was two of them actually. They'd, so they'd been shot and they were coming across the border, obviously, to get treatment in Turkey. 
So, and they got scooped up and we were just sat there like smoking, watching TV. There was like a TV room in the, uh, the deportation jail. And they're just like these Chechens with fucking open, like bullet wounds that were seeping pus. Like it was Ugh. so fucking gross, man. And like this, one of them had like this weird fucking metal thing in his arm, like some makeshift fucking like thing to help his bones or whatever. And like, I just remember sitting there and then there was a advert on the TV with like a woman without a veil on and they were like ah, like screaming for the tv <laughs> to be changed i remember sitting with my best mate phil and i was like where the fuck are we man like this is crazy and if you could if you looked out the bars there was like a football court nearby the prison and you could see like random kids playing football like it was just i was like what the fuck like gets out you know what i mean yeah that's fucking that's fucking nuts i couldn't even imagine i could not yeah it was hell man honestly like when i was there i was i mean i wasn't a brave guy in that jail trust me like i mean the only thing we did do like we we wouldn't you know we all kept pretty quiet like you know there's we were like look let's just keep quiet like you know what i mean we we got to ride this out but um i was definitely fucking scared you know what i mean i was fucking shook man oh i would have like, been shitting myself yeah I was scared, <laughs> like, yeah i, I don't care how big of a man you are dude that's i don't care how big of a man you are how you think you are you're in a fucking turkish jail with ISIS fighters plotting to cut your head off in the shower, like nah. Oh man, um, I I was fucking terrified, mate. I'm like, sorry. I was like, every day we're gonna die. Like I'm sorry, but if I see a motherfucker with open bullet wounds, I don't care how tough you think you are. You're not tough anymore. You're just not, not. Yeah. <laughs> mate. Chechens are a different breed, man. Like there is no such thing as like a tough British guy because Chechens exist. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just crazy, man. They're so tough. yeah. They're, they're like red like that. They're like, my life is perpetual pain. Like, yeah, you can do and, nothing and to me that pain, will hurt like, me. <laughs> yeah, like, they love it, though. Like, like there's, I mean, I know some Chechens, and they're fucking so much fun. But, like, they just love, like, the most brutal shit. You know what I mean? Like, as if mm -hmm. to be like, well, something bad goes on, good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's good because it's a test. I'm like, nah, man, I just don't want bad things to happen. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just want to be chilled. But, uh, yeah. yeah so they, the weirdest thing was the main guy that was, like, trying to cut out he'd planned to cut our head off he spoke perfect english and he was like talking to me one day and this is how fucking dark that prison was the bottom so on the top layer all the men were locked up and then apparently there was another layer underneath like another floor where all the women and the jihadis kids because some of them were coming across the border with their kids so they were all in prison below us right yeah and then one of the prison guards one night he he brought all the kids up to the guys upstairs. So like their dads are in the jail with us, and the kids are underneath. And then so all their kids came up. Only the men and the the male children. Do you know what I mean? Because they're all fucking, mm -hmm. you know, very don't like women doing anything. So so all these jihadis had their kids, and I was like sat with this jihadi, and his kid like offered me like a sweet, and I was like, oh thank you, and like talking to his little boy, and and I was thinking like this motherfucker was planning to cut my head off. Like, <laughs> I, I can't believe it. Like you know what I mean. Like I was like, cool, man. Like, what? I mean, obviously, I knew he was like ISIS, but sometimes you just don't, you know, when you're in that situation, it's different. Like, there was one night a kid cut his wrists, like this jihadi boy cut his wrists. He was Somalian, and I remember sitting next to him in breakfast, like, and he had like none of the guards came for him or did anything for him. It was actually the Afghans from our room that you know fixed him up, and he had these like fucking bedsheet wrapped around his wrists, like torn up, you know, like as bandage. Fuck. Uh, yeah, I remember like offering him a cigarette because he looked like he was dying. Like he looked like he was nearly dead. Like all the life had drained out of him, and he was just quiet. And like you know, the jihadis are not meant to smoke. 
And for a minute, he was like, fuck it. He smoked the cigarette. And we just sat there smoking quietly. And it was almost like, you know, for a minute, we weren't, we weren't enemies. Do you know what I mean? It was like, mm, you're yeah. fucked. I'm fucked. We're both young. I mean, this kid was like 20, you know, and I was 25 at the time. And I was like, it was just almost nice. It was like, we're both fucked. We're just human. And mm-hmm. in a way, like that shit kind of taught me a lot. You know what I mean? Like not yeah. that I have any, any emotional, like I don't feel anything for like ISIS people. Fuck them. You know what I mean? But yeah. at, the, at the same time, I understand how, I don't know, he, he perhaps he perhaps didn't want to be there. I didn't want to be there. And it, it, the whole thing was just like, what a sad situation. You know what I mean? I mean, that's oh, what absolutely. I've noticed is when you get into these these situations of, for lack of a better word, dehumanization or these dehumanizing mm. environments, <clears throat> it breaks you down that you sort of have to see a human inside of someone else. Obviously, the people that wanted to cut your head off is one thing, but it's another that, you know, he attempted suicide and now you're showing the level of empathy to him. Yeah, you know? exactly. And the thing is, yeah, he was like, none of the other guys would talk to him because obviously it's a sin to commit suicide right like in, mm-hmm. in islam and like their militant version of it as well so they were just like complete he was a complete pariah because he tried to kill himself so in the end it was just and obviously i was this complete pariah because i'm this fucking white kafar kid you know what i mean in jail <laughs> and like and i've been filming with the guys that have been killing them you know so they obviously hated me but yeah so then me and him were just sat there and it was just like yeah man we're just two fucking two two lost kids right now you know like not enemy <laughs> not prisoner just two two guys and that was quite i don't know it's just weird you know it's just a weird experience to have that sometimes i think it's good it's good for your good for your soul i know that sounds lame but it is you know it's good to realize that shit yeah yeah no it, it makes sense i mean if if i even had an experience like one tenth the intensity of that i would feel the exact same thing it's intense that's the word yeah it's like even though it was so oh, nothing was happening it was so fucking intense you're right yeah the whole thing was like just so mad mate like it was 11 days in total and it felt like fucking a year shit, you know all that mean? happened in 11 fucking days, mate, <laughs> yeah, 11 I, days. I haven't, I if I haven't done shit i haven't done shit in 11 days <laughs> <laughs> man every day there was something nuts like you know like one of the funniest parts was like uh our friend um like kurdish friend who we were locked up with rasul he was like teaching us how to shit, you know, because there was like a hole in the floor where you had to shit. And I remember like in the middle of this stressful situation in solitary, he's just bending down, like not naked or anything, but just showing us like, this is how you do this. And, and that just always like just makes, sticks in my mind is like the absurdity <laughs> of the situation of how Gotta teach the white guy how to shit. Not- exactly. Like these fucking idiots don't even know how to shit properly. Like, oh, it was so funny, man. Yeah, like toilet sad. paper, please. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. We, when we got in the deportation jail, there was one toilet, was a Western one, and no one was using it. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> like, I'm getting on that, man. <laughs> hey, that was amazing. I was about to ask, I was going to say, how long? I was like, maybe like a month? And then you no. said 11 days. Oh, hey, 11 days. Shit. It wasn't shit. It wasn't shit, yeah. <laughs> the thing is, though, we didn't know when we were getting out. Like, the guards were telling us we were going to be there for seven years. You know, they were playing tricks on us. And they were like, yeah, you just got sentenced to seven years. So we were like, this could go on, you know, when you don't know when you're going to get out, like, oh man, that uncertainty is hell. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Fuck. That's mm. crazy. Kind of, uh, kind of have another question. I'm not sure how much you'll be able to talk about this, but do you have anything, anything in the works? Is there anything that we should be looking out for? Obviously don't get into, don't get into specifics because you don't want to give it away, but is there anything exciting that we should be looking out for? Um, sorry, you broke up. Looking out for in what respect, sorry? Oh, sorry. Uh, my internet's probably fucking shitting itself right now. No um, worries. 
like I know you probably can't get into uh, into specifics with any of this at the moment, but is there anything exciting that we should be looking forward to from you in the future? Oh yeah, I hear you. Um, well, yeah, but because of Corona, everything's fucked. So I had all these plans, man. Like uh, there was a TV channel was talking to us. There was an online media was talking to us about doing a popular front like documentary series, you know, like and it was all looking pretty fucking good. Um, and because of the platform, you know, we as you know, we have it like no corporate bullshit kind of le- kind of thing. We had a lot of control, like almost complete control. You know what I mean? So it was mm-hmm. looking like this is going to be excellent. And then all of this happened, man. So, yeah, it's I mean, it's a bit of a fucking pain. I mean, we were meant to be in Chile right now filming the the uh, you know the, the guys clashing there a lot of anarchists fighting mm-hmm. the government and stuff so that didn't happen um yeah man like a lot of shit has gone wrong because of this but i am writing a book right now um which will be out on zero books i'm sure you know them guys um, oh yeah 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 so i'm i'm writing a book for zero about basically so you know when i got arrested the reason was because we were filming with the youth militant wing of the pkk and they were rising up in their city and, you know, it became like teenagers fighting what is NATO's second largest army. And yeah, those are the, uh, the YDGH, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. The YDGH, yeah. The Yedegahash, the uh, Patriotic Revolutionary Youth Movement. So, mm-hmm. so, like, because we got arrested, all our footage got taken and we couldn't make the, the documentary we wanted to make. And let me tell you, that would have been the best documentary anyone has ever made about like on the ground with the pkk like the access was unreal man because i was the Damn. only fucker there you know we were the only like westerners there at the time and i'd already made one documentary with them and some of them already knew me from that and like they let us in a safe house like we just had Shit. the most mate we had the most insane access and because it was the youth like there was no pkk like higher-ups or commanders to tell them hey don't let them do this they were just kids at that point so they were like, yeah, like, come and see us. They're like, hey, this. you want to see my fucking rocket launcher, dude? Like, <laughs> they were like walking down the fucking street with like rocket launchers and shit. It was so crazy, man. Oh, that's um, great. Yeah, and, but also it was like a very compelling story because, you know, they were telling this story of how we're sick of this, we're rising up, and they really, really thought they were going to win. And it was like, boy, there is no chance you're going to win this, you know? It was very sad and... You know, I'm not on their side or anything, but I'm certainly like feel for young men that are just angry and, you know, want to do something to kind of free themselves from an oppressive situation. So Mm -hmm. it was very sad because nearly everyone we spoke to is dead now. So I was like, you know what, we can't. I actually have the footage now, but our our court case is still ongoing. Like three, what, five years later, it's still ongoing. So we haven't actually been formally sentenced. Yeah. Um, So and that's probably going to happen this year. But um, so in the meantime, I was like, you know what? I'm going to write a book about everything that happened, not about me, about them. So it's like, mm-hmm. imagine the doc, but it's a book. So it's going to be a book about. Oh, um, I'll have to fucking know, check that out. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm yeah. going to get my hands on that. <laughs> yeah, it should, I should have finished it by now, but I've had a lot of work to do with, with sure. Popular Front. So it's hopefully I'll finish it like within a month or two, and okay. it should be out by the end of the year, I hope. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah so, man, uh, I'm looking forward to it. So then I have a question, you know, talking about the PKK. I was wondering then, could you maybe kind of elaborate just on popular front itself and what i find most interesting is someone who's into grassroots conflict journalism but also an obvious anti-authoritarian absolutely you know straight to it so maybe if we want to because we've talked about you and your journey but do you want to maybe talk about what popular front is and isn't because i know a lot of people think oh why don't you get into activism you're like because i'm not a fucking activist yes (laughs) yeah 
So we have, that's a good point. We have a big problem with, um, we get a lot of, it's mainly leftists being like, what's your political position? And I'm like, what do you need to know my political position for? This is grassroots conflict journalism. This is not leftist activism, you know? Mm -hmm. And I get a lot, the, the funniest thing is communists that are like, I'm very disappointed in you, Jake. I didn't expect you to have this feeling or whatever, or didn't expect you to report on this from them. Like they're so, they think they're so important that when they come at you with criticism and I'm like, yeah, fuck yourself, fuck your criticism. I don't care. It's nonsense. They can't handle it. They're like, what well, do you mean, I criticized Jake? you. Like, what do you, you mean, Jake? Listen. You're not a Marxist Leninist? Right, exactly. And I, I'm always saying like, fuck Marxist, fuck Leninist. Like, because I see it as authoritarian. You know, I've done my reading, bro. I've been reading about radical politics since i was fucking 18 years old i was involved in uh you know like the fucking original v for vendetta mask shit like you know what i mean <laughs> occupy and bro i was into all of that shit man i was big into that activist shit back then when i was fucking 16 and i'm 30 now man and i'm not having some fucking internet maoist tell me what i'm meant to do you know what i mean i'm so i mean i find it funny i don't i don't get involved with it too i just mostly mock it and so then they're like you know, he, he they try and cancel Popular Front all the time. And that to me is is it's like a joke. Like no grown adult should ever take cancel culture seriously. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if someone yeah. says to me, like, you're a communist, I go, okay. Or if they go, you're a fascist, I go, okay, cool. Like, because obviously I'm neither of those. So it's just funny to fuck with people. Um, yeah, no, but... like clearly we're not on the same uh, same sort of platform level as you. But we, we get that same shit, too, just in way smaller quantities. Like, I can't even tell you the amount of times I've been called uh, a fucking a Nazi or uh, a fucking eco-fascist. And I'm just like, okay. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's, that's the way to beat this shit. When someone tries to cancel you, it's so simple. You just go, all right, whatever. And they go, yeah, but I've, I've said you're this. Yeah, it's cool. It's fine. But, 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 but like, well, like, when you show them, it doesn't matter. Like, I don't give a fuck. Then they mm -hmm. lose their power. You know what I yeah. mean? They completely it's lose just a bunch of fucking, It's just a bunch of like teenagers in the West who are trying to get social capital on the internet. That's all Absolutely. it is. Absolutely. Like Mark Fisher wrote an amazing, amazing article, um, Exiting the Vampire Castle. Yep. And I think, if, you know, if he was around today, I'm almost certain he would have probably wrote a part two to it. You know, like God rest his soul, <laughs> unfortunately, he killed himself. But, you know, yeah. like, I think so. But, um, but anyway, so my, my only thing with Popular Front is I always just say our only like real hardened stance is anti-authoritarian now i don't care if you're fucking left right whatever if you're an authoritarian fuck you like i am vehemently against someone trying to oppress others and crush free speech and crush democracy and you know i believe in direct democracy i believe in like helping people out that are disenfranchised and but you know overall it's i'm, I'm about like anti-authoritarianism you know I, I don't want the state in my in my affairs I know, you know, if people want to say, oh, anarchy or anarchist, like you do you, mate. And I'll worry about what I'm doing, because like mm -hmm. where I live and the people around me, we're not all on the Internet doing fucking isms and schisms and trying to do labels. People are just trying to get by. So that's yeah. why I think that, you know, I say community politics over Internet politics. You know, yes. your fucking radical book club is never going to solve the problems in my town where everybody is on heroin and using food banks. Some fucking dickhead reciting Mao on Instagram and calling each other comrade on Twitter. We were never just gonna talking that. about this. We were mm -hmm. never going to be resolved by that bullshit, you know? So mm -hmm. fuck off and let me do me, you know? So that's how I feel. I care about poor people. I care about people getting crushed by authoritarianism, but I'm not about to jump into the fucking mental gymnastics of, you know, like loads of people had a go at us. They're like, why are you reporting on Hong Kong? They are, they're all liberal. 
Mate, they're getting crushed by the CCP. I couldn't give a fuck what they are. They're, re <laughs> they're rebelling against an authoritarian state. What am I meant to say? Well, sorry, you know, me, white guy in the West, doesn't like the way your revolution is going, so therefore bad. Like, it's hilarious. It's like, it's mm -hmm. fucking left-wing colonial fucking mindset. You know what I mean? It's so yeah. stupid. What's funny I'm is... Sorry. I'm sorry, oh, Jake. We're going to have to cancel you for not being Pol Pot gang. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? Like, fuck you. But what's funny is, this kind of segues... So I was just reading, and, you know, God don't cancel me, I tossed it too, and it was about leftists on social media vying for social recognition. And yeah. it's bled so, so well into this, because I was going to ask you, because, you know, you did a Twitter, you know, you did an interview with Jacoby with eco-extremism and nihilism, yep. and then you also did a whole Twitter thread about, you know, individuals turning towards savagery or the wild, you know, wild resistance. Yeah, I'm, I'm making a doc about ITS, bro. Like, I interviewed Zale, the leader. Fucking crack. Oh, wow. Okay, so then, yeah, I was wondering then maybe if, you know, if you don't want to give away too much, you know, if this is something you don't want to talk about, but do you, how much of it do you think is, is their claims in their communiques or things that they have done? Or do you think it's sort of claiming for propaganda purposes, like certain actions that they've done? You know what I mean? Yeah, well, it's interesting because I've been, I've been researching about them for like two, three years now. And Certainly, the things in Chile and there's a few things in Europe were definitely ITS related. But then there's things like, you know, allegedly they killed a priest in Mexico. Allegedly, they killed two hikers. I tend to doubt that happened. Um, and then there's just been a recent thing where two like tech millionaire types vanished and then mm. were found like executed. And then they yep. claimed that. Now, I'm not sure about that, but certainly the way that they're franchising their attacks. Uh, and it's funny you mentioned Atasa too. I was reading that literally this morning. I'm doing some research for the doc. But um, the way they like franchise their attacks, it wouldn't surprise me if someone, much like ISIS, just did an attack under the banner of ITS. You know what I mean? Yeah. They don't necessarily have to talk to them. You know, there was, there was an ITS pipe bomb thing was planted in fucking Edinburgh, like two years yeah. ago, like in Scotland. And they were nothing. They had no conversations with the... ITS in Mexico, as far as I'm aware, and they just made it, and then were like, "Yeah, I fucking hate this and that, and therefore ITS," you know. And yeah, I, mean, and I, I think... just want to say as well, like, I, I think ITS are fucking mental. Like, yeah. I'm not sympathetic at all, but I yeah, am neither really are we. fascinated in them. I said mm -hmm. to Zale, the leader, I said, "Why don't you just fucking kill yourself? Like, you're all about this, you know? We we hate everything. Why don't you just kill yourselves?" Like, and that sounds harsh, but he was like, "That's a good question," and it, we got some very interesting like talk you know we spoke a lot and there was one guy like i actually quite respect this anarchist guy was like having a go at me like why are you even making a doc about its you shouldn't bring attention to them and i was like nah man like i got some interesting stuff from them and mm -hmm. frankly like i think if something is dark and fucked up and they want to kill people whether you like it or not it needs to be spoken about and put in the light yes. and if that oh, means one or two guys join them and do something bad that is very unfortunate but I, but certainly it's not my job. I'm not law enforcement, you know. That sounds callous, mm -hmm. but that's true. It's not my job to enforce the law. It's my job to report what's going on. And certainly the law has no idea what's going on with groups like ITS. So maybe it will be good if we talk about it. Because right now they could be killing people and you don't know who's doing it. So, yeah. mm. I'm curious then, um, if this is something you don't want to talk about that's cool, is how do you even get in contact with, what's his name? The leader? What was his name? Zale. Yeah, Zale. Zale. How does someone even like... You know, do you just email them? Hello there, I would like to do an interview with you. <laughs> uh, I mean, at this stage, I'm, I've been doing this for so, like what? Like, I've been doing this since I was 24, since I was 23, really. 
So that's like, what, like seven years. And I'm known for looking at groups that are largely underreported. You know what I mean? So I think mm-hmm. with Popular Front, with my work, I've made an effort to be like, you don't know about this this conflict and here's why you should. You don't know that this militant group is doing this because it's not ISIS or whatever, but you should know about it. So I'm known for like kind of, you know, looking into those groups. So it's almost at a point now where I've already got connections. Do you know what I mean? It's like, right, how do I get to talk to them and talk to them? And I know someone that might know, you know, like I know an extremist, an eco-extremist. Okay, he doesn't like ITS, but I know that he was you know, interested in a, like, uh, was it Ultima Reducto or whatever they're called? So, like, you know, how do you get from A to B? There's always a link. There's always someone that knows someone. Absolutely. You just, you just honestly, like, I'm just very, like, dogged with it. You know what I mean? Like, that's probably the wrong word, but I'm just obsessed with it. You know what I mean? I'm mm-hmm. very interested. So, for yeah. me, it's fun. You know, I'm like, this is really interesting. I'm enjoying this. So, it's not a broad bother for me. So, I'll just keep at it and blah, blah. But, research honestly the short answer is just research do lots of research like as much yeah. as you can and yeah, I'm, interested I to, I'm interested to see your doc on them because there's someone that i've admittedly been super on and off with because when i first mm-hmm. found them i was like i was the kaczynski because i was the kaczynski saying like yo that's dumb they're anti-revolution i also bought into the fact they're a government psyop type thing mm-hmm. that people were using and then I read the communiques and I, I talked to someone we know uh, happy for more zone who's he really enjoys reading uh, or they enjoy reading them and mm. so i i bought the atasas and i read them and i was like it's weird because it's kind of like the, the person you mentioned i like eco extremism for the most part except for when they get into that weird satanic unknowable whatever the fuck that mm. thing is like the idea that it, i enjoy what it is and that it forced anti-civilization thought to kind of look itself in the face and be like what the fuck are you doing that's what i enjoyed from sort of <clears throat> to be for lack of a better word like a dialectical purpose that i don't agree with what they do but i enjoyed that it, it sort of points out a lot of flaws that anti-civ anarchism has and i mm-hmm. think the critique of primitivism is actually really interesting and it just falls into leftist issues which is something ted talks about but i think they took it further but then they go about like it's one thing to be indiscriminate and you know targeting people that for lack of a better word are worthy of of an attack and then you know maybe people get hurt and it's another to just start fucking bombing people in the cities that they you know, like the the bus attack that they did. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, we we had, we are exhibiting the natural order of you know the anti-human. It's like, what? Yeah, it does. Basically, they're just like, fuck you, dad. Times a billion. You know what and I mean? And they even <laughs> admit that in Atasa, they admit there's a we are the social outcasts that couldn't get along in high school. <laughs> right. Like the funniest bit is when they write that piece about like killing someone and then like having sex in the forest. That for me was illuminate, and I was like, "These guys are fucking lunatics." Be nice to everyone I mean. you like, meet in high school, or they'll join IT. <laughs> yeah, but like when you read the bit about the Creek War, when you when you finish that, I realized I was like, "They put this in there, or whatever, to show that like that's basically what." I mean, I know ITS didn't write all that, but you know what I mean. It's like that's what they want. Like <laughs> they think that's yeah. fine. You know, like raping and murdering pregnant women is like fine like no i'm so, like this is why i'm not like an anti-civ guy like, i'm very interested in a lot of it but mm-hmm. certainly there are big parts of civilization i very much like you know and that's not having pregnant women's heads ripped off and i like my playstation and you know what i mean well, I, so, i'm sorry but you don't have to leave this episode right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, but what my point is i think Bullshit. they're being dishonest so like mm-hmm. ITS act like they're so so honest and we're so honest because we want to get rid of all morals but they're not being honest. There's no way they don't love their PlayStations too. You know what I mean? For, you know, mm-hmm. like, like a euphemism. I'm sure there's, they don't have PlayStations. But you know what I'm saying? So I mm-hmm. feel like they're being dishonest. And also, like, 
they talk about like liberation of like this and that and the wild. The wild is not all destructive. The wild, and I love nature. You know, I'm very interested mm -hmm. in deep green ecology, and I think Absolutely. nature has. I, I don't want to get too like weird and mystical, but there's something about nature where I sometimes think like if God exists, it's that it's the world. Turning, you know what I mean? And yeah. it's, mm -hmm. it's animals and, and that like there's something in nature you can feel, you know, like mm -hmm. you almost hear like everything moving and that. And I don't know. There's something amazing about that. And, and on so, that. Oh, go on. Sorry. Uh, I was just never mind. Go on. Continue. And, so I was just going to say. And then so to like then ITS act like everything that is uh, anti-Civ must then be brutally violent. I'm like, yeah. no, there's so many amazing things about nature. Even the way, like, a mother looks after a child is just beautiful, you know? Like, uh, and I just think they're very, they're just very angry. They're very angry, and I just don't like it. I don't agree with it. Uh, and I think that, honestly, I just think that they themselves are slightly lost. And I told them this as well. I was like, do you know what? The reason we, they actually gave me, like, a frank interview was because I was like, I think you're fucking disgusting. Like, literally these words. I was like, you're disgusting. I just know this. I fucking hate you. And they were like, <laughs> you know, because I was like, if these guys want to talk the big talk, they claim that they want to kill civilians. And let's be real, real. I'll be honest with them as well. And they were like, yeah, we appreciate that. Thanks. Like, that, we get it. And in the end, like, well, I spoke to a different guy before Zale. And he was like, you've made me rethink some things. And he was like, I hope we meet one day. And I was like, I fucking hope we don't, because you're probably <laughs> <laughs> but like but at the end of the day, but he was very honest actually. And he was I just got the feeling that he was a little bit lost, you know. And I've been like I've been so angry as a teenager that I've been lost in my own fucking mind. But yeah, I, and... I feel like some of them are like very lost. But yeah, one and... thing I want to say, sorry, I know I'm going on, but one oh, thing I want to say is the fact that everyone had a go at Aragorn Bang for even publishing a Tasa yeah. on Little Black Cat tells me it was needed. How yeah. fucking dare some people try and destroy a fucking book? Like, how dare you even report that? Like, how do you claim to be an anarchist and then try and burn books because it wasn't the ideology you like? And if you exactly. read Tata, he's not saying this is great. He's going, this is how it is, and that's that, you know? Like, sorry, I'm reporting on the reality that it's too right. upsetting for you. Yeah, well, and I mean, and like, you have to know. That's one yeah, thing that happens with a lot of these Aragorn, people. Man. Yeah, rest in peace, Aragorn. Um, that's one thing that I really notice with a lot of these so-called uh, anti-authoritarian anarchists, and they know what they're against because they're angry, but they don't know why they're against it because they don't even take the time to try to understand uh, what it is that they claim to hate so much. So I, that is definitely something I've noticed a lot as well. So it's, it's interesting to hear you say that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a more in, in Britain, <clears throat> it's different and it's definitely changed because of American influence. But certainly when I was younger, there was and, and again, like I'm not like activist or anything like that, but I'm very interested in like uh, anarchist theory because, my, I, you know, myself, I, I'm very I, I don't like so I've, I've been plagued my whole life by rules of rules, people, you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. I fucking, you know, so it's always something I've been interested in. And in Britain, there's there's amongst the working class certainly when i was growing up there's there's a natural anarchist nature you know what i mean and i'm more interested in that anarchism actually than now what is overly politicized anarchism and that doesn't mean anarchy is the definition what i mean is people that are like just leave me alone do you know what i mean like leave me alone let me get on with this and unfortunately the now hyper politicized anarchists are now an enemy of those people because they're like, no, we can't just let you get on with what you want to get on with. We must tell you what's wrong. We must tell you what you shouldn't be doing. I had a fucking anarchist with an Emma Goldman quote on their timeline the other day message me and tell me, by the way, someone you're following is making an anti-Semitic joke. And I was like, 
are you like what fuck off like what <laughs> like <laughs> like what on earth what on earth is going through your head when you do that now obviously i'm not saying that like oh cool anti-semites are great like fuck them but it's like really that's what you're spending your time doing basically telling someone that someone they follow is problematic it's like good luck with your fucking revolution mate the world is horrible and you're never going to cope you know so what do you I mean really you don't want to join my black flag book club huh yeah right like yeah it's just <laughs> yeah. like it's tiring man and, and then they get so annoyed with you because they're like i thought you were on our side i'm like this isn't about sides like you're really not looking at this properly you know i thought you were a comrade Get over yourself, man. Like, if that's the way you're looking, this is not a trend. This is about a way of life of helping people not be sat on. You know what I mean? Like, this isn't a trend. Yeah. Like, it's, it's very, very tiring to even see it now. Yeah. So, backtracking a bit, just because I, I thought you made some good points talking about yeah. ITS. So, when you talked about, like, and this is something I have, this is my, where I started the door, you know, push away from. ITS is I started having conversations with Julian Lehner. I'm not sure if you're familiar if you watched that episode, but one thing I find interesting is that it's it tries to be so anti-left that they almost like the to not to be weird, but the horseshoe theory that yeah. they go from you know you know the, the primitivist oh nature is beautiful it is all wonderful you know what I mean they idolize mm. nature they do the opposite they idolize it for its violence yeah so there's yeah. like this inverse so it's like. It's sort of like the way I critique misanthropy as just this inverse humanism. So it's like, you're not that fucking radical. You just inverse the thought. That's not that cool. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. So, so you do that. And it's like, really, it's somewhere in the middle that you can understand that nature is unforgiving in many ways, but it's also very forgiving and beautiful. It's not, that, yeah, exactly. it's not this weird fucking dichotomy you're creating. And they yeah. enforce, and in doing that, they're enforcing civilized ideology, which they hold Absolutely. against. Absolutely. And they say, oh, I'm anti-morals, but here's my set of morality. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, if a, if a fucking apple grows on a tree and you eat it, it's not going to fucking kill you immediately. That's nature <laughs> helping you. You know what I mean? Like, not every... There's strawberries. or oh, they got cyanide in them? I hope so. Like, no. You know, like, that's not how it works. You're right. Like, nature gives and takes. You know what I'm saying? It's a balance that we need to get right. It's not destroy everything, and it's not take everything. You know what I mean? The balance is... is... And the idea of being anti-morals is so fucking stupid to me. Like, what are you, a stone? You know what I mean? Like, you're a psychopath if you're like that. It's being a psychopath is not a political ideology. And it's not something it's that you should disagree, be proud actually. Remember yeah, when they yeah, and was it, was it Atasa 2? Yeah. Um, when they said the, um, well, the first, well, the whole first section about demonology and, like, worshipping Satan and the, the mm. murderer. And then they had the, um, I actually enjoyed this because he brought in uh, Freudian archetypes, which I'm kind of interested in. I don't believe mm. it, but I find it interesting. When they said the, um, what is it that they said the um the joker or the 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 archetype of the psychopath is yeah. like a is the is the antibody to modernity which is technically when you study epigenetics that's kind of true that like under certain conditions you begin to see certain mental illnesses rise or be created because you don't see psychopathy before really the industrial era even before you know the oh maybe we didn't understand it. it's like yeah but it's still a documented thing that we can understand okay we know what the fuck they're talking about it, it wasn't demons it's schizophrenia but we don't see psychopathy or these sort of this this sort of odd anti-empathetic murder sprees really well i i would argue you do i mean what about fucking like genghis khan if that was yeah, a psychopathy I, I don't know what is like i would, I would building I would mountains of bodies yeah, I would kind of separate. Yeah, and there's, I'm not saying it didn't exist, but I'm saying the rights of those existing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I also disagree with people being power hungry and disagreeing with morality versus not being capable of empathy. 
Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. That I think that gets into the whole psychology of it, which is super complex, and I'm not an expert. Well, I know what you mean. I think I, I kind of agree in a way that I think now with the industrial revolution and the hyper capitalist world we have, like psychopathy is now rewarded in a way that it wasn't before. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah, that's the, I mean, that's, that's how you become thing. a Fortune 500 CEO. You have to be exactly. a, a sociopath or a fucking psychopath to, to, to not just survive, but thrive. And then exactly. it's funny because like, it be says, yeah. and then they see it says, oh, well, it's the antibody to Sorry, but it's rewarded. What the fuck? It's yeah. how do you, how do you tell me that it's not? Well, that's, they don't know what they're talking about, really. Like, if you read their communiques, like, big purple prose, and they allude to things, and they never quite... Like, they're, they're fucking cracked. They're like... It's like when you're 16, and you write your first fucking, like, non-fiction. I mean, do you know how many bad, like, Tyler Durden-esque rip-offs I wrote when I was 15? <laughs> oh, you know, dude, like, so that, many. Dude, I'm there with you, dude. So <laughs> many. And, like, I mean, if you read that bullshit far-right... There's a far-right um, book called Harassment Architecture, it's the most embarrassing, badly written, fake self-aware <laughs> but non-self-aware bullshit I've ever read in my life. And I had to read it for research. It's fucking hilarious. And it's like, that's not that far from ITS. You know? mm-hmm. And in terms of the right-wing shit, they're, they're openly, they were praising uh, Temple of Blood, which is- Yeah, we've talked often, about that, yeah. Yeah, like an atom often linked group. And they're like, oh, accelerationism. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Uh, I asked them about that. I was like, you're basically like allied with Nazis. And Zale was like, yeah, we don't care. Like, I saw what, you know what I mean? He literally was like, I don't care, so. What's funny is, if you, um, you know, you've talked about this, I think, in some of your Twitter threads, but when you look at, and they, do, they don't like the dichotomy, but it's there, the old it's, when they were still into, yeah. when they just had emerged from the radical Al- ELF yeah, yeah, and ALF. The, the, um, the letter bombings, and they were talking to um, Ultima Resisto again. Yeah, it's, I find that stuff interesting because they were fusing, they were sort of like, they're more pro-Ted, but still anti-left and anti-revolution. They're into, the, the way they wrote, they would use gender-neutral terms, and mm. they were something I could get more into with their communiques and the way they wrote. And then they're like, oh, fuck, then they took this 180 in the, just the worst fucking direction. Because when they, when they fused all the different groups into wild, in, what is it, wild resistance, that's mm. when you started, that's when their thoughts just went straight down the fucking shitter and i was like when i got there i was like okay yeah this isn't this isn't it anymore the human species deserves to suffer we are above <laughs> humanity yeah it's like it's it's laughable but like it's do you know what it is i, that, I asked that zale about this and i remember because i wrote a report on this recently and he said um it's not out yet by the way but anyway he said uh he basically said like i was involved in like green anarchism for years i was involved in anti uh, sorry like luddite and like anti-tech stuff for years and he was saying that like he realized and this is a sad realization which a lot of post-left anarchists come to you know and i I read a lot of that kind of stuff because it's interesting but uh, he was like i realized like the revolution is never coming you know the the dream that the communists have it's never going to happen the anarchists it's never going to happen and i think through that i mean i know that sounds pessimistic but come on like through (laughs) that he realized and just became like an angry, angry guy. You know what I mean? Absolutely. His ideology is basically raw anger. I'm in that exact same spot, at least in, in my thinking, but I haven't taken that, that direction to, to anger. I've, I've sort of started to rely on what little hope I do have in, mm. trying, to, in trying to build something. Not, not necessarily as like, oh, this is going to be what brings about the, uh, the singularity of anarchism, but just to make me feel better during my life you know mm. like i realize this isn't going to create anything big but it, it makes me feel better so that's why i do it yeah, yeah. i mean i i know what you mean. 
I, for me, it's like from the despair of realizing that, like, you know, this is always going to be the way things are. I think you've got to like have your own little victories in your life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. That doesn't mean shoplift every day. It means like, you know, for example, Popular Front right now, we're doing a fundraiser where we got loads of cool Popular Front stuff, you know, flags and militant stuff and whatever. And we're doing a raffle. And, you know, we've already raised £2,000 and I'm go- we're going to donate 100% of the money to homeless charities. Now, that's our way of doing like little mutual aid, whatever. And in mm-hmm. my town, the, the butcher and all the independent businesses have all come together and they're delivering free food to old people while this coronavirus is happening. None of them are political. None of them, I mean, they are in a way, but they're not like overtly political. None of them are socialists. None of them are anarchists. They're just normal people helping their community. And that for me is where I've realized like, that's the most important politics, you know? Mm-hmm. And certainly yeah. I'll tell you now, a lot of these woke motherfuckers on Twitter who act ostensibly woke and they have big followings, I've reached out to them and been like, can you please share this popular front thing? We're trying to help the homeless. None of them motherfuckers care, mate. Let me tell you that. And I think a lot of people want to talk and then when they see actual action happening, they're like, oh shit, I'm actually not doing anything. I think they know that they're not. So my point is, ignore them, forget them. Just do your own Mm -hmm. thing. Help your community, right? Help people and that's it. Yeah, which is weird because I used to be into this hardcore intellectual internet, like left communism. It's like, oh, and, but it's weird since now I've been to university and I've met people who are putting themselves through college and they're like, dude, I work in a fucking factory and I don't have health care. And I used to be anti-union because I was like, it's anti-revolutionary. And then I'm like, damn, does that really matter when people can't fucking afford to eat or go yeah, to the doctor? Exactly. Exactly, man. Like, it's like we had the problem with Corbyn in this country where all these fucking like yuppie West London, um, like <laughs> so-called socialists were, were like loving him. And then, I, you know, my friends where I'm from, I'm not from London, man. I'm from the Midlands. And, like, my friends are poor as fuck here, man. And they're doing, like, two jobs and going to food banks. And I've said all this shit before, but it's, it has to be heard. I don't care. Like, that, the, the idea of some guy in London bringing about some, like, weird, forgotten 80s-type communist shit is not going to help them. And then all mm. of a sudden, everyone's like, well, the working class are racist. It's like, no, mate. They're fucking struggling. They will vote for whatever they think is going to be better. And a guy that's going like, oh, well, let's do, you know, he actually, I read his, like, the political manifesto, and I thought it was great. But him and fucking McDonald and that scumbag Milne are like old school <laughs> 80s communists. And no one is relating to that, man. No working class. But I tell you what the working class care about here, getting out. Unfortunately, there is, there is very little working class solidarity, solidarity left. They want to make money and get the fuck out of here. And that's, that's unfortunate. And that's the way it is. Yeah. Which I is, totally like, get when people recognize that. Only then yeah. That's, help. yeah, and that's exactly why I left where where I'm from. The the poor little community that's ravaged by drugs and people can't afford to eat and schools are from a hundred years ago. That was my goal. I I saved up enough money and I packed up my fucking car and I just left. I was like, I'm never coming back. Like fuck. And this. why not? What's, there's nothing wrong with that, you know? It's yeah. I don't think it, under communism you'd be a class traitor. Which is which is hilarious because, in my opinion, under communist, like real proper state communism, I do feel like it's it's uh, oppressive because it's like, well, you're not allowed to have. It, it's actually what like uh, middle class intellectuals on the liberal side in the UK do. It's like you stay in your box, stay in your lane. You are not allowed to be more than this. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Under the guise <laughs> of class traitor, what you're really saying is, you let us rule it at the top. You let the big people at the top stay here, and you stay down at the bottom. And fuck that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, which is, it's so interesting because, you know, I went from this very militant, like, 
chaotic primitivist sort of thing when i'm much mm. more into like the creative rewilding and the beautiful what it's so it's like i'm less about collapse now you know what i mean like oh yes. we need to bring yeah. about industrial collapse and i've moved more into this celebrate what the little collapses are in, in what civilization is like Lenny made a good point when your room gets dirty or there's a you know flowers are growing where it's not supposed to be that is civilization unable to to hold itself up those are examples of what he calls collapse instead of this you know big event so to speak of like mm. in, industry collapsing so rather it's about instead of instead of a political program it's just a it's a practice about understanding what our critique is and you know actualizing that in our day-to-day -day lives and that could be some what could look indistinguishable from leftist or I guess in your case, the sort of apolitical altruism, for lack of mm -hmm. a better word. But it can also be like teaching people, you know, their native flora and fauna and doing conservation measures. It doesn't have to be, the, you know, the Russian Revolution, but green in America or something. <laughs> yeah. Get the green flags. <laughs> Man, I, I think that, like, you need, I wouldn't, I know what you mean. It's not necessarily apolitical, but I think if you just scream at someone like, this is the capitalist system has done. I mean, even me, who's read up on all this shit, I go, oh, fucking boring. Please fuck off. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? So imagine a guy that works 40 hours a week in a fucking warehouse for shit money. He's going to be like, fuck that. What you need to do is explain like, hey, man, like you're working hard as fuck. You're not getting the money you should be doing. You're not valued in the society. How about we just join with us? We'll all try and make it a little bit better. And, you know, that's the way to go. Not catchphrases, you know, not isms. Not like the Socialist Workers Party of the East Midlands. How about just like <laughs> the, the, the group of lads that help each other out? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, that is more what people need. Mm -hmm. Because when you start creating the isms and all of the niches and that, yeah, like in theory, they are, that might be a socialist idea or an anarchist idea, sure. But when you overtly make it about that, you just create a clique and you just create yes. a little crew. And then you just you just degrade anyone that's not doesn't interested in that, you know. Mm -hmm. Like I've said, people just want to be have a fair wage, really. You know and what I mean? People want to be respected. Want, that's they want to be is. respected, exactly. They want pride in their work to be respected. And, and I tell you, there's something fascinating happening with the coronavirus right now. Like in this country, it's it's quite beautiful to within a week, I would say, everybody realized or at least woke up to the fact that like, wow, all these influencers and and that. Uh, mean absolutely shit they mean oh, nothing yeah. and the the fucking nhs are heroes you know what i mean and and even our people stacking man i was in the fucking supermarket and i was chatting to the woman like you know working on the till and i was thinking like wow we would be fucked without these people you know what i mean without bus drivers without the bin men and you know it's actually mm -hmm. everyone is suddenly paying attention to that now and that's amazing, you know. Last year, these people were considered low-skilled workers, and that became essential real fucking quick. Absolutely. Yeah, they went yeah, from yeah. low-skilled to being the only thing keeping our society from fucking eating itself. Exactly, <laughs> man, exactly. When, when the threat of life comes in, the, the joy of entertainment rightly takes a back seat. And that doesn't mean I'm against art. I fucking love entertainment and art, and, you know, that's what I do. But, but you know, when there's a very serious problem... It, you know, all the influences, they're not important. The kind of mm -hmm. um, professionally offended, they're not important anymore. And the pundits, no one cares. It's about real people doing, you know, keeping things chugging along, which is very good, you know. And for me, that's more real than any fucking book club or any phrase that has been tweeted out. That That is what's important, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I I feel pretty much the same thing, especially here in the U.S., 
people have, have sort of realized that like oh yeah the the cashiers at walmart and the fucking the postmen and the people working in the amazon factories are are so essential and if, if they even went on strike for one day our country would fucking fall apart but then our government's like yeah now we're continue to like well <laughs> like this get, is get the bent. problem now we have already i'm seeing i sound like a big fucking wannabe intellectual here but it is true not that but what i'm going to say like now we're seeing the spectacle <laughs> coming in where oh now yeah in, in the uk right every thursday like i said to you guys everyone claps on thursday which is nice to show the recognition <laughs> but i'm thinking please don't let that be all we do because we need to be out on the streets when this is over saying hey government give these people better money give them more respect they need more they've saved us i really hope and i'm very very cynical i think the second this is all over it's going to go straight back to celebrities hyper capitalism and reality tv and Mm -hmm. unfortunately you know it's going to be oh remember when we loved the nhs (laughs) you know remember that like Mm -hmm. it's uh, i really hope not but we'll we'll see anyway we'll see have you seen did you see the twitter it was some fucking you know, influencer, celebrity thing. It, it said the word virus and they crossed out the, the VIR. So it just said us. It said, what the fuck is that oh supposed to do? God. And then they, they were like sharing videos of each other singing, <laughs> like singing parts of a song together. And they're oh, like, yeah. stuck in my, there, there was this meme I saw. It was um, celebrities. I can't believe I'm stuck in my house. It says their house and it's fucking Rivendell from Lord of the Rings. It's like you're not affected by this, and some what is it? Some people are living on fucking yachts right now, and I've been seeing memes of it's like fucking uh uh like Pirates of the Caribbean. It's like my coworkers, yeah, dude. Yeah, it's gonna yeah, be yeah. it's gonna be fucking crazy. Like um, I was I've been I'm kind of a a nerd. I'll be honest when it comes to uh like like politics and the economy and shit like that. Like that's what I originally wanted to go to to school for was political science and uh macroeconomics and i've been watching this shit really really closely like you can mm. ask our in our in our group chats i've been like like oh shit any minute now the country's gonna fall apart and uh, <laughs> i've been reading all of these articles from uh like goldman sachs where they're predicting now i believe the last one i saw was 30 or 32 percent unemployment here in the united states in the next few months which is Holy five to seven percent higher than the, at the greatest point in the Great Depression, and you know if a oh. big bank is saying that type shit is way worse than that. Yeah, yeah. So fucking it, hell, the United States is going to turn into Mad Max really soon here. <laughs> my my friend made a good point the other day, and other than the economic collapse of two thousand and eight, um, he was saying that like it's very rare, and I'm not a guy that's like fuck America. Like I mean, I I love oh, a lot of the. <laughs> Yeah, but like I also I'm not I don't see I don't see countries as their government. You know I, I love the I love Britain and I'm always getting slagged off like were well, you a fucking nationalist? I'm like no, I fucking hate the government. I hate the nationalist bullshit. But I love our people mm. and I love what yeah. we got going. But anyway, so like he said, like is this the first time in a very long time that America has been roped into all the like oh fuck moments? You know what I mean? Like usually <laughs> it's like America like murdering kids in the Middle East or whatever. But now it's like, no, they're in this with everyone else. You know what I mean? It's quite rare to see that. I would even take it further than that, though, Jake. It's not even like America in in an oh, fuck moment. It's like we're in a fucking jumbo jet that the engines blew up and we're fucking hurtling towards the ground. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're desperately trying to pull. Yeah, we're just desperately pulling the fucking stick 
to we know we're gonna fucking crash but we're like all right let's make this fucking crash as gentle as we fucking can mm, like mm. like the dude that crashed into the hudson river to save all the people on the plane yeah that's, that's yeah. like our only fucking hope now but i want to point out that to me the politicians aren't gonna be one it's got a few people that are in the community that have for lack of a better word the privilege i suppose maybe that they can in this time they can allow themselves to do community work or to organize people and it's not going to be oh this is the anarchists and this is why we need to abolish the state but it's it's going out you know admittedly i haven't done a lot of this and that's my own fault but i've done some i've done work with soup kitchens and i've done community cleanups not on the scale that i admittedly should which is something i want to get into this summer but it's about going out there and then helping let when this collapse if it does happen, you know, economic collapse or disaster, whatever it is, it's about going out there and working in soup kitchens and, you know, getting out and knowing the people down your street. But the thing is, leftists are too scared to walk into a neighborhood that that is poor. Because, yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. They have yeah, a that's large so true. rate. I'm sorry, but if you're white and you come from a back, you know, a bourgeois or petty bourgeois family, I'm sorry, I'm gonna have a hard time believing you can walk into a black community and start fucking talking. I don't yeah, believe yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, I don't, man. <laughs> no, no, completely. Like, you, you know, remember that fucking video from the DSA conference where the guy's like, excuse me, that was a microaggression? Like, they can't, they can't even get through one fucking talk without yeah, people laughing. interrupting. You're telling yeah, me that he's like, you need to stop. go into the ghetto. Thing. No, but they're not. Me. <laughs> yeah. It just reminds me of that meme, you know, of Peter Griffin and Family Guy when he's wearing the that says uh, King of the Black People. And I saw this meme <laughs> where it was like, it was Peter Griffin, but he was wearing one of the funny little Maoist hats. And it's right, like, right. Like... <laughs> it's That's so the weird. problem, right, with a lot of these, like, white liberal types from nice backgrounds, which is, you know, I'm not, I, I, try, I try not to do this because I'm from, like, a kind of working class area, and I often come across as, like, fuck the middle class. I don't want to be like that. But when they're using, like, all of their might to kind of, they do this thing where I've noticed it, right, with black friends of mine, where we're if we're in an environment where there's like very like white liberal woke types, they will then try and use my black friends as like um, a pet. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's fucking racist as fuck. And they don't even realize you know this? it. I'm not sure if you've tokenism. seen this, as someone who is tokenism. Yeah, exactly. But like, yeah. to the extreme, you know, and I'm not sure if you have ever experienced this or, or rather your, your your friends have experienced this. And I hope not. But, you know, I'll, I'll give my own example. You know, this has been an online space. And sometimes, you know, I had this when I ran into TPUSA kids on my college campus that uh, I'm a neurodivergent. I deal with disassociative identity disorder. I have brittle bone disease and I'm trans or gender nonconforming. And as a primitivist, that pisses off leftists and right wieners a lot. So leftists always tell me, I remember there's the, the you know, there's the joking DSA Amprim caucus. Have you yeah, seen yeah, that? yeah. Yeah, I, I was in that comment <laughs> I section. I thought they were real, man. I was like, what are these dickheads doing? They <laughs> are. Go, I, I fell <laughs> yeah. for it so bad. And so I, uh, I made a comment there defending it, and a Maoist called me a self-hating tranny. Right, okay. And then, but what's funny is that if you're in an oppressed group, they love you until you disagree with them. Exactly. And holy shit, exactly. they go yeah, off. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're, you know, it's oh, you're you're black, but you're not a you're not a my my niche version of communism. You're basically an Uncle Tom. Did you know yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because you're saying you don't have agency. You have to fit within this stereotype of mine, which is that you know they're they're like fuck stereotypes. But it's like no, you're creating your own by expecting people to always fall in line based on something of identity, which is why I have always always hated identity politics. You know what I mean? It's. Mm -hmm. uh, you guys call it dirtbag leftism, but I mean, in the UK, we just we just call that like proper leftism, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Helping poor people, sure, not yeah. crying about jokes, 
and mm. you know not not being like wow we're different because we're different colors like we like we we do that <laughs> but we do it as like yeah obviously we're different <laughs> you know what i mean like mm. let's joke about it let's not fucking cry every day you know what? You're, you not you're not a revolutionary you're not a revolutionary postmodern trotskyist like you yeah right exactly get like, out of here <laughs> yeah if, if you're like if your ideology only just fits on a twitter bio you're useless like just <laughs> shut up man but this is again why like i think <laughs> you know when people say what's your political alignment and i often say like just leave me alone leave people alone like you know like you're saying like if you're trans, fine. Who gives a fuck? Leave people alone. And that mm -hmm. includes, like, certainly, like, if someone's like, I'm going to kill that trans guy, I'm going to be like, I'm on the front line against that guy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I'm not then going to be like, you're trans, so you have to do this, this, and this. What the yep. fuck do I know? You do whatever you want. You know what I mean? It's like, mm -hmm. why can't people leave each other alone? Like, that's yeah. what I don't get. Like, I got into a, I got into a really big debate. I posted a meme. It was about LGBT gatekeeping, and I spoke against it because it's it's so fucking nerdy that some LGBT people tell other LGBT people they're not LGBT. It's like, why the mm. fuck does it matter? And some girl, they're, they kept pushing that, you know, they're like, oh, ace, ace people, asexual, you know, and aromantic and, and these other things. They're not really LGBT. And someone compared them to a turf, you know, like your, your rhetoric mm. is, is, you know, it's exclusionary. It's bad. You know, just simply, like, you know, maybe you should reanalyze it. And they said, did you just compare a POC trans woman to a turf? I'm like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> get out of here, you, you know what? All of that is just boring. All of that talk is boring. It's snooze. It's boring. Just, just no one, no one in the real life cares about that. I really, honestly believe that. No one cares about them. Mic microaggressions, firstly, is not a thing. It doesn't even exist. It's, it's like an invention. Do you know what I mean? And like, it, like, my, what microaggression? Like, how are you ever gonna survive a working class environment if these are the things you care about? Boy, Jake, you don't up, understand. Like, we got called a fucking prick, you little shit, you fucking <laughs> bastard. Like, you get slapped around the head. You know, like, that's what it's like, man. And that's in your family. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and Jake. It doesn't mean they hate you or anything. It's a very, I don't know, man. Where, where I grew up in my family, in the way, it's a very, like, quite a harsh way of living to some people. But uh, I think it's great. And, and I really think that they should take the positives from that. Because you can't bother someone like that. If someone is poor and broke and they came from a harsh background, you can't piss them off with a fucking microaggression. Why? Because mm. they know what real life is. And they're yeah. not going to cry about something that's completely insignificant. You know what yeah. I mean? So, yeah. like you said, yeah. yeah, how are they going to walk into the ghetto and then start helping people? You know, because what are they got? <laughs> like, First off, they need to drop the white savior bullshit because I yeah, exactly. That's not going to fly. There's and they also uh... need to stop the white guilt shit. Like, these people that are like, loving that they they're like yeah i fucking hate white people too mate I, I like if i said that to one of my black friends or whatever i was like yeah i hate myself they'd be like what the fuck is wrong with you like you know what i mean what kind of it's loser funny. it's that's funny when we say that's funny. so weak it's funny when be we... helpful to anyone like that yeah it's funny because i say it and then i realize other people i've seen people on twitter they they're like i apologize for my privilege i'm like instead of apologizing why don't you use it put it to good use yeah, or like, like what there, was, there was this, there was this video. Like, uh, you yeah, might have seen it. What was I can't remember who posted it. it was big on Twitter and Facebook. They were they shoplifted and were giving the food away to homeless people. Did you see that? Yeah. It was like a month ago. People in the comments are like, "Wow, of course white people can get away." With oh it. Like, are you fucking me? Oh god! <laughs> of course, all the people are commenting are white. Of course, they yeah, are. of course <laughs> they are. Like, what you think that that homeless guy that got the food off him is going to go? Like, Sorry, you're but, white. Uh, get out of here. Use your privilege to get that. So I'm going to have to pass. <laughs> No, they're not. Because you know what? Real people don't give a shit about that. It's, I'm like, sorry, but you're, if you have privilege, you should. Sanitizer. If you have privilege, you should use it. Yeah, if and then like, 
exactly. Like, so what if they use that to get it? What? They're doing a good thing. I'll tell you an example. I had a guy message me, yeah? We're doing this popular front fucking homeless thing. And they had a go. So there was like an activist run soup kitchen. And he was like, why don't you give the money to them instead of homeless charities? Well, firstly, because it's run by a bunch of like lefties that I don't even know. Secondly, they might steal the fucking money because, again, there's no law regulating their anarchist thing. And thirdly, fuck off. I'm raising money for the homeless. Like, what? <laughs> why are you finding a problem? Stop. Like, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's boring. Like I said, it's boring. It's, it's funny. Honestly, them people, I think you should just like, you know, like, <laughs> I really, someone, someone had a go, like me and Robert Evans, that, that journalist, we, we, we were doing this um, podcast recently about the women in Rajava and their life on and off the front line. And, you know, and, and then this woman commented and was like, uh, wow, how are you? Enterlist. And like, I could have gotten a big argument with her. And I just said, woke.com. And it's like, what does that even, like, what? Like, you're being absurd. And it's like, I am being absurd because that's the only way you should be spoken to. You're absurd and you should be treated like that. I really believe mm-hmm. that, you know? Yeah. It's, and of course, the other people are not upset. It's like, oh, you're missing the larger analysis. And it's, it's, but it's also, I know there's some going to be one motherfucker that says, oh, so you think it's okay to make transphobic jokes or be transphobic? And no one here is saying that, by the way. No one is saying it's okay to just go out and fucking insult fucking trans people. Absolutely. What? Black people. I can't? No, one, no, <laughs> no one's saying that. It's about, it's about also being down to earth. And instead of maybe, you know, obviously we can be knowledgeable about transphobia and other like bigotry, but it's also like yeah. getting upset about it in, you know, using the internet as like a microphone to be upset rather than going out there. Maybe, maybe, it, of course, like, yeah, as a large conservative and maybe uneducated about certain things yeah is screaming at them gonna work no it's why and admittedly like i hate the free market of ideas topic but like admittedly i was over there i associate with some of the dsa members that are pro bernie it's whatever i talk to them there's a tp usa so you know turning point usa and i fucking Mm. talk to them and you know what's funny is this probably is because they have to be this way but it's like you know i said yeah i'm non-binary and a student immediately they asked me what my pronouns were but then i want to point out the dsa people didn't do that Mm. i just you know just want to point that out that, that's yeah, funny. yeah, but it's like, you, do I think they're a bunch of fucking idiots, and I think they support a racist fucking president? Absolutely. Do I do I go to be friends with them? No, but can I talk to them? Yeah. You can talk to anyone. Like, what yeah. the fuck? That that is free speech. Like, what yeah. are you talking about? Like, I, I hate the idea of deplatforming. Like, don't talk to. I, I love Hitchens. You know, not not Peter. He's a piece of shit. But like, uh, you know, Christopher Hitchens. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, a lot of pe- nowadays he would be, you know, oh my god, he'd be cancelled till next week. <laughs> but uh, he was amazing because he he would get like a Nazi on his fucking show and just find out what they believe in and then just like make like destroy them because they're fucking ridiculous. That's good. Mm-hmm. We should. I, I look. If anything is like bad, you should be able to hear about it. It shouldn't be hidden away because then they just make their own little fucking syndicates in secret. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and frankly, like I'm I'm of the feeling like if you're such a fucking baby that you need to have like trigger warning at the front of something i i really think you just need to reestablish. but we're not not i get it like people don't want to be like upset about things but you know what i mean like if you you think that we shouldn't even be allowed to talk to people with extreme ideas like what's the See, point it, in anything it's that is that's the so thing boring. that's the thing jake it's like um like this this conservative meme i found on i don't know if it was instagram or twitter and i thought it was really fucking funny that literally pertains to that it was like uh, these same these same people that that claim that they are like prepared and are getting ready to fight a protracted war against the the U.S. imperial machine are too fucking afraid to order a pizza over the phone because they'll have an anxiety attack. Yeah, like it's so yeah. fucking true. 
Like, well, I, I get a lot of flack for saying that, like, you know, I get called right wing because I believe that people should be strong and tough. And apparently that now in 2020, that's like a, an undesirable trait, apparently. Mm-hmm. Not for me, it's not. <laughs> I want the people around me to be tough, emotionally stable, uh, mm-hmm. because I'm not. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, I, you I know what I mean? It. It's like, I want fucking good people around. And that doesn't mean horrible or harsh or nasty. That just means like, yeah, people that have got this shit together. We need yeah. leaders in this world, man. Or we're just going to get trod on. And, you know, that's the idea. If you want to beat authoritarianism, then you need some strong fucking people around. Like, yeah. trust me. I've seen war, man. The fucking... When, when, when shit gets real nasty, all of this will fade within minutes. All of it will fade. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, the I, 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 the I, billion retweets, they will become completely unimportant. And mm-hmm. all of that... Trust me, no one on the front line is going, bro, pass me that grenade. No one is going, hey, man, it's not bro. I'm, uh, I reckon I, I identify <laughs> as a war. No one is caring about that, which I'm yeah. not saying they should, shouldn't. Of course, it's important yeah. to... You know, whoever you want to be, for me... Ziza, I'm not doing. If you're he, her, whatever, fine. No problem. Whoever you want to be, I'll, I'll address you as such. But what my point is, like, what is important is being, like, kind of ready for that shit if it changes. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I'm of the opinion, though, that I might kind of disagree that I think certain things like trigger warnings are good because I think people misunderstand, like, for example, there's certain things that with people I associate with because they have, you know, they actually have or diagnosed with PTSD that certain images or, sti- yeah, or yeah. statements yeah no, yeah you can, are right yeah you know what i mean so i think those no are no important. totally totally but then i think that it people can misuse those exactly that i've noticed how often they get misused in online circles left leftist or not i see them all over it's not even a political thing it's it's just a. I think it's just a. I don't know what the right word is because i hate being like oh it's a weakling thing because i think it's so much more than that you know what i mean but i think it gets misused in online circles because people don't understand what triggering is people that claim to be triggered and people that are like oh triggered (laughs) feminist Mm. (laughs) that it's like no it's a mental that is actually a mental you know it's a it's a psychological term to refer to people that uh you know phenomenon that can trigger flashbacks and and you know psychotic episodes and things like that for me like with did certain stressors can cause me to switch or you know, black out and stuff. Sorry that I'm mm. going to be like, don't say certain shit or don't show me certain shit because I don't Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, mean, that's like... fine. But, but it gets used in the sense of like, don't let this guy speak on this platform yeah, because someone exactly. somewhere might be triggered. And that's when it's like, you know, some people said that to me, well, you might really upset. So, and I was so what? Like, you know, life is hard and people get upset. Sorry. You know, like I really, and that sounds callous. And, and frankly, I don't give a fuck. See where I'm from. You get told like, don't be a fucking pussy, man. And I think more people need to hear that. And apparently that makes you right wing now. But honestly, you're never going to survive if you, if you really like are that fucking scared of the world. You know what I mean? And the right wing are the worst for it. Like they're the, that's what's so funny. Then the guys are going on about snowflakes. They are the biggest fucking <laughs> pussies ever. You dare for speak real? against them. They are fucking crying. And they don't like free speech. That we want free speech. No, you don't. You just want to be able to say what you want, and then you want to shut you, everybody. You want to be able to say the n word. Exactly. That's <laughs> it. Yeah, they want to be racist. And, and exactly, they're fucking. They're the biggest fucking wimps out here, man. They're it's funny. It's like I want you. I want to be able to say the n word, but people uh, acknowledging me that transsexual people are indeed worthy of human rights. That does not. We can't yeah, no, have that. I'm not, I'm not having that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you want to be called a woman? No. Like. Oh, it's God. what is what is the one meme it says? I believe in voluntary transactions and relations. Everyone should be respected. But you want me to use they them? Fuck no, I won't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, like a libertarian that is like, well, I just want to murder every Jew, but I, you know, but I want small governments That's, and I want yeah. to be allowed to do what they want. 
Yeah, the only thing I want government for is but the military. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous, man. It's fucking dumb. Guys, I'm going to have to go. I just realized what fucking battery is about to die. Oh, you're good. Yeah, no worries. We were just talking about how we uh we probably need to wrap it up. I think we both got shit to do. But, yeah. yo, thank you so much for fucking coming on. If you're ever free again, we would love to have you on. This oh, man, thank conversation. you so much, man. And um, here's, here's to getting cancelled for all of this, boys. Let's go. <laughs> fucking hop on the cancel train. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah. He, one last... uh, whatever you are, let's get cancelled together. Yeah, one last thing before this is over as a you yeah, know man. obligation is, you know, Pentelin Cola passed away yesterday or today fuck mm. him thank god and if you don't think he's you know eco-fascist you're a fucking idiot man i got so much shit for that i saw that and i you got so much shit today <laughs> like actually actually he's not an eco-fascist so when he's like writing about it openly saying that that's what he is he's not that all right cool <laughs> nationalistic guy, population man. control i wonder where i've heard that before well, yeah. <laughs> i never heard any, anyone else come up with that, that awesome uh, yeah so thank you all for stopping by thanks again to jake uh we're gonna plug all popular front shit the raffle all that good stuff just send us a fuck ton of links we'll plug all thanks, of it lads. thanks for letting me on awesome. the what you're doing man awesome we appreciate it man thank you so much so yeah Later, this has man. been the end of episode 11 and i hope you guys all have a great day